This is Science Moab, a show exploring the science happening in Southeast Utah and the Colorado Plateau. I'm your host, Christina Young, and today we're talking with Kevin Maddaleno, a paleontologist, geologist, and indigenous scientist. I specialize in uh, sedimentology and stratigraphy and, and geology, and I've also begun to recently dabble in archaeology as well. Kevin's science spans disciplines and knowledge sets, but his interest in paleontology started when he was a young kid living in the Pueblo of Jemez. When, when I was a little boy growing up in uh, like a, a rural reservation in uh, Jemez Pueblo, like North Central New Mexico, uh, my, my dad uh, was the tribal administrator for Jemez in the, in the early 80s. So, so uh, the, the Pueblo of Jemez, they, he was sent uh, on a regular basis to Washington, D.C. with the, the Interior Department. So him being one of the first uh, educated Pueblowans with, with a degree, uh, I, I guess he, he just like instinctively stopped at the Smithsonian Institute. He just asked me one time, I just instinctively bought you dinosaur books. Basically, you know, you're a five-year-old boy and you, you see this, uh, this truly enormous uh, the dinosaur that's a monster uh, along with, uh, you know, like uh, enjoying uh, the, the Steven Spielberg movies and uh, George Lucas. It kind of catapulted me forward uh, of uh, just wanting to become a scientist. Uh, so I, I'm very fortunate that I'm, I'm making a living of it right now, you know? <laughs> you know, with that wonderment that you clearly have for for all these, um, you know, geologic, paleontological things, um, what kind of time periods or rock layers or, you know, you know, dinosaurs, what, what are you what are you most interested in? What have you kind of studied most and been been most involved with? I think I think uh, during during my time, uh, actually, a lot, a lot of my development as a as a as a geologist and a paleontologist happened in Utah. Uh, you know, like I, I had I had I have a great mentors. Uh, you know, like a J- James Kirkland and uh, you know, like John Foster and, and that group. And uh, when, when, during my very brief stint with the Bureau of Land Management in Moab, uh, with the, under Rebecca Hunt Foster, yeah, so I was kind of like a shotgun, uh, just all over the, the like the Mesozoic. Uh, that's like the Triassic and the Jurassic and the Cretaceous. And uh, also the uh, the period before the dinosaurs called the it's called the um, the Paleozoic, uh, like the the Permian and the Pennsylvanian period, and also like a like a, a climatology, a paleoclimatology, uh, where you know where you you can base um, your observations on the climate or on the fossil record to our contemporary times of 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 our tenuous state of the planet. So I, I think that you know the, those those factors are kind of uh, maybe magnified, uh, concentrating on uh, the climate factors and how animals and uh, even the ancestral pueblos and uh, and people uh, in general, you know, how enormous climate change has of course of a massive migration. So so it's, it's so it's kind of a so it's kind of a uh, 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 I think subjects for, uh, with the the deep, the deep geological record and the our contemporary times uh, that it's very uh, uh, you know those two subjects are very. Uh, or related, and uh, you can't you can't avoid one another. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, you know, in looking at everything that you have been doing and that you have been a part of, you know, I saw in your the work you've done has spanned fossils and rocks, but also archaeology and conservation, environmental policy. You know, issues specific to Native communities. I was wondering right. um, if you can tell me a little bit about that progression for you and how how you see all these different topics connected. I think, you know, that, you know, as, as indigenous people, uh, you know, growing up in Jemez Pueblo, you know, we were taught by the, my parents and uh, the, the elders and the, the non-secular leaderships uh, that uh, we are, uh, 
literally born from uh, the, uh, this planet. So, you know, like as, as you mature more, uh, you, you begin to pay attention more to what's around you, uh, focus more. And you see all, the, uh, you see all, all these catastrophic uh, uh, ecological uh, uh, phenomena you're, you're, you're seeing. So, so that, uh, so that's kind of alarming. Where, so at the same time, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, there's a saying. Uh, uh, as as an indigenous scientist, you have your right foot in the, in the uh, the academic academia, um, uh, and your left in the other foot is on the traditional uh, indigenous sense. So, so when when uh, when both when both sides of uh, of your worlds are pointing at you know, ecological disasters, you kind of have to. Yeah, you kind of have to utilize both of uh, both both parts of your knowledge. You know, and, and kind of following up there, like because you, you grow up right in the the pueblo of Jemez in New Mexico, like you described, and right, and then you entered into science and academia, which is you know based a lot on Western ideas. And so, you know, when you started the, your scientific path, were there kind of you know big differences in the way that as an indigenous scientist you thought about science relative to your non-native peers uh i think i think uh the, the, the one thing that was really uh compelling and uh it, it puts you down to uh, uh reality real fast is uh, uh i noticed like science only deals in absolutes uh whereas uh, uh the indigenous aspect of it uh, you kind of have to ask uh, uh, uh you know why 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 this happens or why or it might have some like wiggle room for some philosophy maybe uh, in the traditional sense uh, uh, where, where in the hard empirical uh, uh, sciences, uh, 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 there's not that much room for wiggle with. But uh, but I, I noticed immediately that uh, uh, it, you know the, any hypotheses can be changed uh, with uh, more empirical data. So so it, it took it took a while to uh, uh, to reconcile both parts, but I finally adjusted or or evolved uh, <laughs> or evolved so to say so to speak. <laughs> Uh, that uh, that that where uh, you can you can reconcile both and uh, what the comforting thing is uh, uh you know the uh, affirmation to say this so the uh, uh that some of the uh, the non secular leaders uh, uh they said that you know uh that you you have to be uh, uh you have to compromise uh on both worlds uh because uh, you know uh, as humans uh, we uh, I think it is the arrogance of us that we think we're the only ones on this planet. Uh, there, there, there were other worlds before us, and there will be other worlds after us. Uh, or Mother Earth uh, certainly didn't have a room for us on this tiny planet for all of us to be alive together. Uh, whether as like a, as humans uh, with like Tyrannosaurus Rex or woolly mammoth, and you know, those worlds certainly existed before us, and and uh, so it kind of uh, assuaged my apprehension uh, of uh, in how to reconcile both of them. That really uh, uh, meant a lot, uh, and helped me transition uh, from uh, the hard, the, hard the, the really hard empirical evidence and data, uh, uh, and, and um, with my logic as an, as an indigenous person in Hamas. You described kind of how you, you know, looking around, you saw the need for environmental policy and conservation. Can you can you describe the journey that you took from, you know, thinking about fossils and rocks and and you know paleontology to to turning more towards archaeology and that kind of, you know, early on you mentioned you saw kind of a continuum between between the stuff that happened in the past and cultures and people today. Could you can you just describe that a little bit more for me? What really compelled me to uh, do a crash course in uh, uh, archaeology and the, uh, the anthropological sciences uh, and the geosciences is uh, 
uh, one day uh, in Albuquerque, I just uh, I decided to go into a, a rock and mineral uh, a, a, a kind of a hobby store, and uh, uh, it was uh, staggering of uh, how much uh, I began to question. Like uh, I, I saw, I began to saw pot- pottery, uh, grinding stones or matates, and like a T Rex teeth, and I mean, where you know, like where, where did where did these commercial collectors where where did they get this stuff? You know, <laughs> I wonder what the wonder what the paperwork looks like. Uh, uh, so as I delve more into the sciences, uh, I, I I began to observe uh, the, the a rampant looting, a rampant looting of antiquities and fossils uh, that compromises data and fossils. Uh, so so I think that uh, so as a whole, I think uh, I'll be probably be a better indigenous scientist if if I if I, if I educated myself uh, and get uh, educated uh, uh, you know holistically, uh, so I could be a better uh, a better uh, analytical scientist in the field. So I think, so I think of being an, an indigenous scientist, you know, or, or and a geologist, I think uh, it may be a a, a, be, a better uh, uh, analytical scientist uh, because uh, it may be more well well rounded, because all these uh, environmental impacts and um, and the looting of uh, antiquities, uh, uh, you, you have to yeah you, you have to expand uh, your your uh, your self edification and uh, education more. So 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 you, you kind of have to meet them. Uh, and meet them uh, 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 quotations, uh, meaning like the the black market and the uh, commercial collectors um, uh, on a more level playing field. Kind of, you know, expanding from that, you know, we yeah. have seen defacement of cultural sites <clears throat> here in Moab very recently. Um, right. And, you know, I, inc- visitation is increasing, um, as, right. as you know, and so... I was wondering, you know, you, you touched on it in what you were just saying, but I was wondering if you could expand a little bit more about what that defacement, you know, means both scientifically and culturally. Like what is what what's actually what's actually lost when when those defacements ha- or changed when those defacements happen? You know, uh, uh, I'm going to give it a, like a quick shout out. to I, I saw a broadcast uh, called the, the Woman of Bear's Ears. It, it's a. Uh, it's 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 a, it's a conservation uh, uh, group led, led by women. Uh, uh, I, th- I think uh, you know th- this group, uh, uh, the women of Bears Ears, they um, they concentrate more on the uh, the matrilineal uh, 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 leadership aspect, which uh, which is uh, technically what the what the Navajo uh, or or the Dene the Honorable uh, Dene people and uh, the Pueblos uh, were actually matrilineal actually, and uh, I I they they immediately caught my eye, and so I. I um, I know the full weight of uh, uh, of, of what the obscenity uh, of, of, of white power was put on uh, the birthing panel. Uh, I, I, it's a, it's a, uh, simply it's a it's an it's an active uh, uh, erasure of uh, of native cultures uh, uh, this continuum of uh, a genocide. Uh, you know these cultural sites. Uh, remember, remember, people used to live there, and uh, I mean, you know, like uh, all the ancestral Pueblo ones. Uh, the, uh, the the Bears National Monument. Uh, it's assured by the Paiute, Goshute, uh, the Dene, and the uh, Ute, uh, Honorable Ute people. Uh, you know, we all overlap in those regions, and but we they went back and forth. So so just because they left one region, it doesn't mean they left permanently. They 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 go back uh, uh, because uh, our oral traditions. Uh, uh, dictated mandated that as well you know so so just because we're not there uh you know it doesn't mean we left permanently <laughs> uh plus i remember the state lines like the like the border at uh, colorado utah and new mexico you know those, those are just recent and uh kind of uh, uh, uh artificial um 
uh, during the migration route, uh, those didn't exist yet. So, so as far as the as they say the uh, the crow flies, uh, it just from from Hamas Pobo to uh, Moab, uh, you're you're just right there as uh, as uh, short as the crow flies, as they say. Uh, so, so I think you have to kind of uh, uh, have to, have to uh, really uh, uh, magnify the efforts uh, 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 for ethics on on that on that element of it to to try just protect the uh, you know these regions of uh, historical significance, but also you know the you know, these these ancestral structures. Uh, uh, we 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 never call them ruins anymore. Now these uh, you know the, these ancestral structures belong to you know. Uh, uh, my children and their children, because that's a legacy of all where they're from. So, so I think you know it, it is uh, it is well we're obligated as uh, uh, adults and scientists now uh, to preserve uh, the the you know, these ancestral structures and uh, materials and antiquities uh, for, for the for the for the next generations. So, just unfortunately, with the public lands, uh, you have uh, the the uh, uh, the false fuel uh, uh, extraction going on uh, along with uh, you know with the uh, uh, with the with the with the with the drilling and the mining and the fracking, uh, uh, a lot of us, including myself, we believe that 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 uh, that, uh, that exacerbates the 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 missing murdered indigenous women and uh, the violence against uh, Mother Earth. Uh, it it all it all uh, intertwines with uh with uh, the, uh, the the vast uh, looting of uh, antiquities and fossils and uh, the uh, the violence against uh, native women uh, from these. Uh, from these extractive oil companies, um, I think, I think that needs to be uh, as uh, as graphic as that, uh, uh, insensitive and violent. That is, I think that needs to be uh, overlooked as well. Uh, I think that goes hand in hand, uh, uh, you know, with the violence against a uh, uh, native woman and the uh, the conservation of public lands. Uh, it 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 all intertwines. Um, uh, as any uh, ecosystem on this planet, uh, they, they, they depend on one another. The, uh, one gets affected by the other as well. So I think uh, uh, the vigilance of public lands and uh, uh, the violence against women, I think they, uh, they, 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 it needs to be included. Uh, the law enforcement and uh, the oversight uh, uh, of violence against Native women, it needs to be included with uh, the, the oversight of the sciences and the, 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 and the uh, conservation of the, uh, the ancestral areas as well. With this historic moment of, um, you know, lots of Western science and uh, Native leaders coming together, um, I was wondering kind of what, what would you like to see the relationship between, you know, Indigenous knowledge and Western science? Um, how would you like to see those two interacting moving forward and specifically in regards to land management here in the Colorado Plateau region? I think uh, first and foremost is that uh, the uh, my my I think my main wish list is that oversight uh, of, of any data that comes out of uh, uh, you know the indigenous lands is uh, that uh, kind of uh, the rudimentary form of the the uh, the institutional review board, uh, whether it's a uh, like you know like the environmental sciences, uh, anthropological, or any of the geosciences, where. You know, you know, you know, some, you know, like uh, this is just an example, like, uh, like, like in, like uh, the, and, uh, my ancestors are from Pecos Pueblo as well. Uh, that's uh, northeast of Santa Fe. Like any archaeological papers or or, uh, or narratives that come out of there, I think I think Hamas Pueblo should have an oversight and say what gets published out of there. So, and uh, the uh, the uh, we call it the re the, the rematuration or uh, because of uh, raising uh, girls and daughters uh, that that changed my. Uh, uh, 
uh, that changed my complete outlook uh, as a guy. <laughs> So, so just recent, just recently, I admit uh, fully that uh, I, I, I began to use the word more uh, uh, rematriation instead of repatriation because, uh, uh, you know, like uh, uh, the tribes which, uh, uh, historically we were matrilineal before the uh, before the Euro European contact. Uh, so, uh, just unfortunately, uh, uh, patriarchy has kind of uh, taken over a lot of elements in the. Uh, uh, a lot of elements of uh, uh, of our everyday lives here uh, uh, in this country. Uh, so, so I've, I've used re uh, rematriation a lot more uh, uh, to bring back, uh, uh, you know, any like uh, any sensitive like uh, human remains or uh, elements of uh, unethically uh, displayed uh, uh, for the public. Or uh, I think there's some adjustments uh, should be made. I think uh, to have uh, any sort of a science uh, repository, whether it's a uh, cultural or or uh, in, you know, ancestral or uh, geo, 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 the geosciences, so 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 that uh, the tribes can have their own say in what what goes in and out. Um, you've touched on this in talks before, specifically um, when you were a guest on uh, Native Hope uh, podcast. So I was wondering um, if you could just talk a little bit about the relationship between um, ancestral Puebloans in the Colorado Plateau region and the fossil record. Uh, I think you know, like uh, a lot of uh, there's a there's a common misconception uh, the, that civilization didn't start here on this continent uh, until like uh, Columbus or the uh, you know those uh, genocidal conquistadors got here. Uh, you know, the the uh, a lot of a lot of the indigenous populations uh, in this country they were they were engineers, uh, they were scientists, and they're very observant. Uh, so so at some point you, uh, they are going to run come across uh, the fossil record. So, so in, in in some of some of the uh, uh, regions around the Bear, like the Bears Ears National Monument and uh, the Grand Staircase Escalante, and, and uh, uh, that that that, it, that it's known that uh, the 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 observed uh, the, the extinct fauna. You know, so, so sometimes uh, you know you have uh, you have dinosaur footprints you know, along with the architecture of uh, you know uh, some of the indigenous tribes, or or they made petroglyphs uh, uh, of what the, what they thought the animals would look like uh, uh, based on. Uh, Based on some bones and footprints, so so uh, uh, there's a few instances where they really, <laughs> you know, like I'm just fascinated that they really came close of uh, what they think what they look like. Uh, sometimes so you have like a three-toed, uh, uh, what we call a theropod. Uh, that's a any medium dinosaur, whether it's a, a, a Spinosaurus or Raptor or, or Tyrannosaurus or or uh, you know like a, 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 a three toes. You know, uh, a footprint will be left behind. And so, like, uh, so, so some tribes may uh, uh, cut it out and utilize it part of the architecture, and, uh, and some of them have drawn like a, 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 an enormous bird uh, petroglyph on uh, near it. So, so they acknowledge uh, that they must have, they must have been these giants uh, before this world uh, came around, you know. So, so this uh, and some of the pictographs, uh, the petroglyphs, uh, the you know, especially in the, in the Bears Ears National Monument. Uh, 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 some of the ancestral Pueblo went uh, uh, petroglyphs. Uh, they, they, uh, uh, I, I've seen uh, like woolly mammoths uh, uh, on on the panels. So, so the uh, so the uh, the ancestors did see some of these animals, and a lot of predictions that uh, they were really close to well, what they thought they looked like. Uh, so, so that so it kind of gives you kind of a goosebumps. Uh. <laughs> Goosebump worthy for sure, and can't thank you enough for your time here. Uh, thank you so much. 
To learn more or listen to more Science Moab episodes, visit sciencemoab.org or anywhere you get your podcasts. Science Moab Media is by Sophia Fisher. Newsletter is by Rhonda Cook. Our theme music is by Jeremy Spalding. And the show is produced by Peggy Hodgkins, Christina Young, and KZMU. If you love Science Moab, let us know. Leave a rating on Spotify or a review on iTunes. And consider supporting Science Moab by donating to the podcast at sciencemoab.org. This programming is unique to Moab, Utah, and your support makes it possible.